Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's super challenging and frustrating what's going on in the Middle East right now, what's going on with Afghanistan. But it's also exciting to see that in the midst of what's happening, um, of really uh, abandoning a country, um, there's no other way to say that, of just complete mismanagement. Um, if this doesn't show you our hope and trust isn't in this earth, our hope isn't and trust isn't in um, our country, when, when we can, now hear me church, if we, if we just use our, our sense a little bit, we would never and you would never go and take all your military force out before you took the civilians. Amen? You wouldn't take your military out before you took all of your military equipment. $85 billion worth. Weapons, missile systems, information, helicopters, armored vehicles, armored gear. At the very least, if you were overrun, what has always happened and what we have always done is if you couldn't get it out, which we have these huge airplanes that take stuff, bunkers full, actually pallets full of money too. You would get that out before, or at the very least, if you were being overrun, which we weren't, you would blow it up. Let's use our heads a little bit. Like, that's the very least. You would blow it up. You would destroy it so that the enemy couldn't get it. But somehow, we didn't figure that out ahead of time. Or, it was done on purpose. So, this is the day and age that we live in. And I'm not being political. I'm using some common sense. Right? And if you think, I don't really care. This is the world we live in. No one on God's green earth would ever do that. Now, in the midst of that, in the midst of that, the, the, the Afghan people are so, they know what, what the Taliban's all about. It is such a devastating thing that you saw people jumping on the sides of airplanes. Like, that was the option. Like, when that's an option, to hold onto a plane as it's leaving, and maybe that would be better than staying, you know how bad it is. You know that Women know what's going to be going on, and they have told, I watched one of, the, one of the biggest singers and stars out of Afghanistan tell in an interview, told her husband on their way out, and there's a bunch of checkpoints, if for some reason we get captured, shoot me in the head. There's fathers that, I, there's fathers that have already done that. They've shot their wife and their daughters. And they, and they said, please, do that rather than, than let us get taken. That's, that's the world, and that's, that's the area that the church in Afghanistan is in. Now, through all things possible, through Victor Marks, he has, all, he has teams over there, and he has had teams over there for years in, in fighting with ISIS and, and helping people get free. And he, they took a whole group, and they've got a bunch of people out, but they were just bringing a large group out. And they went through the checkpoints. They made it to the airport. And as they were getting ready to get on a plane that they sent in, it got waved off. And then that group that they went through all those checkpoints and all that stuff, they got, they got forced back out. So be, be praying. Now here's the good news. In the midst of all of that, the church in Afghanistan is growing rapidly right now. Amen. Rapidly. That's, that's the word coming out into the, the people that are on the ground and the, and the ministries that are helping support them. They're saying the church is growing rapidly. And think about it. Why wouldn't it when you have hope? Only a Christian has hope. Only a Christian that's over there has hope. They, they're, and they're seeing the faith of the church that some of the church has already told the, the other ministries, we feel God telling us to stay. We, the people in this country need to see what faith looks like. Hey, think about that, church. They're saying the people in this country need to see what faith in God looks like. How much more does this country need to see what faith in God looks like? In the midst of all that, the church is growing and expanding rapidly. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to see a victory. 
The battle belongs to the Lord. Don't, don't let what these eyes are seeing deceive you. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And the ministry that we're helping support, yes, they go, and they, they go in themselves. They, go, they don't need the American government. They're a bunch of ex-military. Victor Marx was a Marine recon guy. They have other special force teams. They have, these dudes aren't no joke. They go and, and they, they give some bad, they, they make people feel bad when they go. They hurt people's feelings when they go. They, they take people, they take women and kids and orphans out of the protection, out of the care of ISIS and, and the Taliban, and they kill the people who were torturing women and children so that they can free them. And then they bring them back, and they have places set up where they get emotional care. They get help. They get physical help. They get healed up. They get restored. So this is an organization that we've been, we've been supporting. I've been watching for many years. The church supports. Um, make sure that you donate. If there's a mission arm for you, you're not used to giving to missions, just designate in an envelope. If it's cash, all ATP. We'll make sure it all gets there. Right on the bottom of a check, ATP. All right? That's, that's a reality of what's happening. In the midst of all of that, Jesus is king. The church is growing. People are, their faith is getting tested and it's, it's being purified and they're standing. That should, that should wreck us. That should challenge us. Amen? That if, if there's Christians that can do that, what can we do? Can we stand against opposition of someone telling us, hey, you need to do this or we're not going to bless you or you're going to face some opposition? No, no, thank you. Jesus is king. We're, we're folding on little things. They're standing in the midst of persecution. Amen? So pray for our brothers and sisters and help do more than pray, right? James said, I'll show you my faith by my what? Action. So, yes, pray for them, but put some action behind your prayers and take your wallet out and, and help put some money into that so you can help other men and women who are called to go and actually do something. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yes, we will be starting a Bible. Um, I'm not going to call it necessarily a Bible study because it's really not. It's more of a book club model. Um, but a year or so back, maybe a little bit longer, it was before COVID, um, we went and got some training, me and Pastor David, and looked at this immersed Bible series. And some of those numbers, uh, most people thought, and, and I would have asked it this way before we gave you all that information, but... Most people thought when you asked, how long do you think it takes to read the Bible or listen to the Bible? It was people, most common, like thousands of hours. They'd say, oh, 10,000 hours or just thousands of hours. And when we go through Messiah, and Messiah is the New Testament, it's going to take us eight weeks on a five-day-a-week reading plan. And then we're going to meet together and just, just discuss what we read in groups. And I would encourage you to invite if you home group leaders or other folks. And this is not something I, I, I want church participation. Like I want the whole church to participate in this. Every single one of you. I want to see us go through and in eight weeks, we've all read together on the same time, the New Testament together. And you've got to read it for yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as you're reading it. And we're not going to sit in a group and have some one person tell us what we read. We're going to read the word together, and then we're going to come together and just ask simple questions of what stood out to you, what surprised you, and we're going to have dialogue and wrestle with the word of God together, yes. amen? Now, I'd encourage you, invite your neighbors. We were, I was at one of my neighbor's house. How many of you know your neighbors? I was at one of my neighbor's house talking about this a little bit, and another neighbor said, Oh, well, are you guys doing that? And I wasn't planning on doing it at our house because we do a lot of stuff at our house all the time. I'm like, I want to go to someone else's house. But one of our other neighbors like, I'd like to do that. I think I need that. So guess what we're going to do? Now we're doing a home group too. So I encourage you to talk to your neighbors. It's a lot different if you said, hey, we're, we're doing a, have you ever been a part of a book club? Rather than, you want to do a Bible study? People that are like, let's do a Bible study, they don't know the Bible, that freaks them out. Like, we're going to turn to page, in a book, we're going to turn to page 110, 
and look at paragraph 3. Everyone knows how to do that. In a Bible study, we're going to turn to Daniel chapter 3, verse 22, and they go, huh? It's a little intimidating if you don't know the lingo. And I've had some people go, well, I don't understand, Pastor. Like, like we just could read our Bible, and what's the big deal? Well, it is a big deal when the whole idea is that we just read. There's all these little blocks and stops and things that get you to quit reading in our Bibles. Oh, here's a new title. Like, here's another section. Stop. Just read. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So that's what we're going to be doing. That's the heart behind it. Um, the heart behind it is that the majority of the church doesn't have never read the Bible. Here's true stats. Coming out of Bible college, 70% of ministers coming out of Bible school haven't read the whole Bible. And funny is, is even at our own Foursquare, last time I got together with them, um, one of the leaders, um, Pastor Ken, said that that's what they're finding. I'm like, wow, that's why we're going to be reading the Bible. Amen? It's, it takes less time than to watch Friends. It takes less time, way less time than The Office. It's 20% shorter than the Harry Potter books. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that have read all of the Harry Potter books, but never... Harry Potter, that's a good word for it. I'm going to keep that one going. They've read most of those, but they haven't read the Bible. Because the Bible's too much. I feel the Holy Spirit saying it's time to move on. Your toes have been stepped on enough. At least for this week. So, Revelation. I know you won't believe this, but I read the book of Revelation again yesterday. Gosh, it's so encouraging. There's so many patterns. Every time I read, I'm seeing more and more stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So one little free thing um, as we go into this is I've noticed that every time John is receiving information concerning heaven in this book, it is coming from an elder, one of the 24 elders. Every time he's receiving information concerning what's going on on the earth, it comes from one of the living creatures. Just a fun little fact. We know where the 24 elders are. We know who the 24 elders are. And when information is going on during the tribulation period, the, the one of the elders is the ones giving the, giving the information, explaining what's going on in heaven. And it's a living creature that's explaining what's going on on the earth. Kind of cool. Just a fun little fact. Another piece of the pattern that just stays very consistent. So some of you are going, I don't understand it. That's okay. Um, those of you who've been here through this series probably understand what that, what that implies. Um, so just another fun fact. All right. Um, I am looking forward as we continue going on. There's going to be a lot of stuff to find. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 5. And we'll start in verse 8. And when he had taken the book... The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, having each one a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain and didst purchase for, for God with the blood of men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made them, or us, to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and we will reign upon the earth. And I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. That's quite a list. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying... To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Lord, thank you for your word. So, we closed up last week on 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 12. I want to say, these overcomers, the saints, the 24 elders, the us. As we've, as we've identified multiple times, not only will share Christ's throne in the heavenly kingdom, which we saw in chapter 4, 
We are seated on thrones around him. But also we will share the throne on earth. Looking back at Revelation 5, verse 10, it says, And he and, and have made us kings and priests to our God. He's made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign where? On the earth. And we shall reign on the earth. Why now at this point do the 24 elders declare, we shall reign, we shall reign on the earth during this time? It's a great question, church. Because his taking up of the scroll is the pledge and the proof that he is fully invested and ready to redeem the inheritance and carry into effect all the blessed promises. It is at that moment that we've seen they're, they're bringing those bowls of incense and those prophetic songs and words of prophecy. He is ready to answer every single one of them. All those things have happened, and he is take, coming and ready to purchase and redeem not just us, the earth, everything. And he's, he's going to start opening those seals. And we see in Matthew 5, 5, he says, and he had told them that the meek, what? Shall inherit the earth. Remember we saw in the chosen, just how many have enjoyed that? When he began to go through the blessed. Blessed are the meek, for what? They shall inherit the earth. It was also prophesied in Daniel chapter 7, 27. It says, and that the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Now, in this moment, in this song that's being sung by the 24 elders, this moment is the blessed hope. And should we not be excited? Should we not be excited about the blessed hope? In church, we are like in the preparation of it. And the enemy wants to discourage you. The enemy wants to defeat you. The enemy wants you to get locked on getting the jab or not getting the jab. And, and I'm just saying, like, be really careful with that. Um, do your research. It's, if you need an exemption, if you're part of our church, I can help you with that. Um, we've, we've seen nurses already get um, answered to that. Um, we're still waiting to hear about one of the students um, but if you need help with that, I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. But I, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go open it up. Just anyone come to the church and go get put on the news that, that I'm going to say, like, different people who I don't even know have a religious conviction about it. I'm not going to say that for people I don't know. Just like I wouldn't give a word of recommendation to someone to buy a house or for a job if I don't know their walk. I don't know. You, you, you follow me? But this moment is the blessed hope. And, and should we not be excited? And which should we be excited? We should say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. Now, in our come, Lord Jesus, come, does it mean we kick back, get a bonbon, put our feet up on the couch? Come, Lord Jesus, come. No, it means you go and work. You go and tell everyone you know. You go run and, and show people, even if you've got to show them, look, this is what it says. You have conversations with people. You study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, so that in these moments and these times, you can have an answer. Hello? Amen? You guys, some of you are just looking at me. Like, come, Lord Jesus, come. Yes, I see what's going on, and I'm excited. I'm not discouraged, and I'm going to run around and tell everyone I know. Because now, I mean, I've already known your word is true. I've already believed it. But, man, my belief is going out of the roof because I'm watching what you've said is going to happen. You've already told us ahead of time. Are you not able to see that we are getting very close to an antichrist system that's going to tell people, take this mark or you will not be able to buy and trade? And you are going to see thousands and hundreds of thousands of people take it. If you cannot see that, 
Do you see the whole world system coming together? Do you see America's strength diminishing? Do you see a government who, if you trust your government, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Amen. Trust us. They're giving jabs out. I'm saying that word instead, so if we are being listened to, they don't just get taken down. That haven't been tested. And in the midst of the test, the things they know that are happening, they're still doing it anyways, and a lot of people are dying. Trust us. Trust us. We're going to take this, the military out and leave the civilians and the weapons with the enemy. The same enemy who was responsible for taking out two towers. Trust us. No. This pastor has been telling you for quite some time. Quit watching the news. Quit listening to the garbage and the propaganda and the fear tactics that they're trying to fill you with. And you better get in this word. And we've been preaching out of Revelation for a reason. The Holy Spirit told us to. And we are watching what we've been right out laid out before us. And do you not see? It's like crazy. There's all these other folks who they can't see it. They're like under a delusion, which the Bible says they will be. So we have to go like, wake up. Wake up. Can you not see all of this? Can you not see? Even the fires are because there's been a group who has a, a reason. Like, it's global warning, warming. That's the problem. We need to change all this stuff. Hurt our own country. Why? So that we could be weak and we would be part of a one world system. Our resources are getting poured out like crazy fighting fires that we never had to fight before. Not because of global warming, because we actually managed our forests. Some of the older people and people out of the country can see this garbage and the propaganda behind it. But a lot of Americans, we're just, well, that's what they said on the news. Well, they told us that if we would just get this shot, all this would go away. Well, guess what? It hasn't. And when your natural body, if you have had it, and it's not even counted, you have a natural immunity, the best immunity that there could be. They should be giving you like the, the speed pass to get into the concert. Like, oh, you've already had it. You could express lane. That would be common sense. Like not pulling your stinking military out first. Is this making sense? Now, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just trying to say like, here's where you need to put your trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Amen? If your trust is in the earth and the world, and the, it's going to get shook. But if your trust is in him, everything can be shaken around you. You'll be like, yeah, that's just like he said. Thank you, Lord. You love us enough to tell us in advance. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Jesus said, he told the disciples when they were all freaked out, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. I don't know if you can tell, but now that's in my notes. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. That means we got somewhere to be. Right? I got somewhere to be. It ain't here. Come, Lord Jesus, Come. Amen? That's exciting. What's the worst thing that's going to happen to me? I mean, the absolute worst. Light me on fire? I don't know. Is that, I mean, I've thought about it a little bit. That probably would be pretty sorry. I wouldn't like that. That wouldn't be fun. But if that's the worst, it's going to be temporary, and then I'm going to be with him forever. So what do you do with people like that? 
Well, you have people like that in Afghanistan right now that in the midst of all of that, they're like, no, we're not going. I'm not worried. I know what's going to happen with me. I'm good. I need to stick around so the rest of these people have some faith. That's why Paul said, he goes, it'd be better, it'd be better if I went, but for your sake, I'd stay. I guess it's better if I stay. Right? So for your sake, I'll stay. I'd rather go. Right? How many feel like that? But for the sake of a lot of other people, we got work to do. We need to tell people about the hope and the love of Christ. That in the midst of a crooked and perverse world, he's light and he's love. And he leads us and guides us through it. And no one can say that they haven't had victory in him. Now, it might be a little different than some of the gospel we hear today that, you know, well, you're going to be prosperous and everything. You're not going to have any problems. You're just going to get rich. Well, that hasn't been my experience, but I tell you, I've seen him faithful. I've seen him supply every one of my needs according to his riches and glory. I've seen him lead me through parted, in parted waters of, of turmoil. I've seen him give me the ability to not be shaken when everything else was shaken. I've seen him be faithful even when everyone else was unfaithful. I've seen him be faithful even when I was unfaithful. I've seen victory come when there was no, no good reason in myself that there should have been victory. So should the saints on the throne room shout, who shall, we shall reign on the earth and be called heretics for believing that they know what they're saying? I'm going to say it again. Should the saints in the throne room Shout, we shall reign on the earth, be called heretics for believing that they know what they're saying. Because there's some different thoughts on eschatology, on what's, on that, what's going on, that this has already happened. But somehow the saints, the elders that are around the throne are saying, we shall, which is future. Future, Right? After the church age, future, meditata, then they're in the throne room, and we shall, which just means it hasn't happened yet. You follow me? So are they heretics? Is that what I'm to believe? Is that what you're to believe? Or do we actually believe they know what they're saying in the presence of God? You think they're going to be able to lie in the presence of God in the throne room? But here's, here's what, what's being taught and what's being said. In order, in order that you and me should have an orthodox view, we must believe that these approved and crowned ones kneel before the throne and lie. You're going, what are you talking about, Pastor Steve? Some of you don't know. Well, if you do much study in this, I've watched a lot of um, pre-wrath, which is, a, a, which is a mid-trib position. It's just a new name for it. And they'll say that none of the early church ever taught that there was pre-tribulation, which isn't so. I already showed you about eight different texts from all the way back from during Paul. Well, Paul, for one, how about that? You get earlier than that? Read Thessalonians. And then some 40, 50 years later, you have Justin the martyr. You have, you have all kinds of, of pastors and church teachers that were leading the church that taught in a pre-tribulation rapture. Now, there is others that taught in a mid or something later. But they say, in order to really have an orthodox, which means a traditional view, I would have to believe that these crowned ones kneel before the throne and lie. You with me? And I don't believe they kneel before the throne and lie. So I guess I'm not orthodox. As they, as they, from their thrones, point to the earth as their future stage of administration and give thanks and praise to the Lamb for it, should we be afraid of being called a heretic or a fanatic for, for declaring this blessed hope? Should we be afraid? 
That's why you need to know what you believe. You need to, you need to know the word. You need to go through it in content, in context, and study to show yourself approved. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody if you have a different view in eschatology. What frustrates me is, is not some, some don't, some do this, some will, will be very dogmatic and say, call me a heretic. Now, if you have a different view, I'm not going to call you a heretic. I wouldn't do that. We can disagree about when Jesus is coming. That's okay. But there is teaching, and they say that I'm demonic. I'm under the delusion of demons by preaching what I'm preaching right now. That's what I have an issue with. I won't keep silent. Well, here's when I'll keep silent. When the elders and the living creatures do. How about that? When the elders, when the elders and the living, living creatures are not casting their thrones before, saying, you are worthy, receive all power, glory, and honor, and we shall reign on the earth with you. And I know who the 24 elders are. You got people who don't understand. You, you got a problem with the 24 elders in your eschatology. You got to figure out who are the 24 elders. And you've got to prove to me that they're not what the Bible says they are which is us, the redeemed. They sing the song of the redeemed. Who can sing the song of the redeemed? You know who can't sing the song of the redeemed? Those who aren't redeemed. And the, the beasts, the living creatures, don't sing that song. And you know what? As I read in the book of Revelation, there's also another group of people who sing a new song. And it's the Jews that are coming out of tribulation. They sing a new song. And their song is a song of redemption too, but it's a little different than this one, which actually shows you there's two groups of people at two different times, and they're not the 24 elders. You know why? Because the 24 elders have already been redeemed. You guys should be excited about that. So I'm not going to keep silent. I'm not. Until the 24 elders, who we see the picture of a glimpse into the future, and what are they singing? And we shall rule and reign with you on the earth. Yay! And I can keep reading in the book and see where that happens. Here's a question. I wonder what the Lord thinks of the unbelief of his word as some deal and interpret his word. Now I have a question for that. And I'm not just talking about this part. I wonder what the Lord thinks about the unbelief of his word. In the church. I'm not talking outside the church. They don't believe in him anyway. So he's not wondering about that. I believe he's wondering. Why don't my people believe what I say? There's lots of turmoil and wrestling. And some of this stuff. Not that con- it's, it's what it says. All right, moving on to brighter pastures. Verse 11, they, they, will, they will reign upon the earth, verse 10, in verse 11. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. That word myriads, it caught my, it caught my eye. Um, in the Greek, it is marias. It is the largest number used in the Greek language. So we say thousands. That's how we interpret it. It's, and if you took the, the thousands times thousands, the tens of thousands times tens of thousands, if you took that, that's like 100 million. Okay? But truly what Marias means, it's, it's an indefinite number. Like it's just the largest number that they have in their language. Myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands times that. So they're saying it's, this is an innumerable, it's innumerable to count. That gets me a little bit excited. Like, that's a little excited. It's the largest number used in the Greek language. So the myriads of myriads plus thousands and thousands indicates that the number of angels and those in the throne was beyond the possibility of any, any human counting them. That's good news. That's good news. 
How many know, I mean, I'm just, I'm a simple person. If there's more on my side than the side of the other, I'm, I feel pretty good about that. Okay? Like somehow we get all like worked up because, well, the devil's real. Yes, he is. There's demons. Yes, fallen angels. It says a third. A third. That means there's two thirds on my side. I'm feeling pretty good about that fight. What do you think? James is a fighter. If James is two-thirds the size of his opponent, he's had two-thirds more time of training. He's got to eat two-thirds more food. Which dog in that fight you think is going to win? It don't take a genius to figure this one out. And the other team, his leader, has limited authority. Limited power. And the two-thirds is unlimited. Well, Pastor Jay's firefighter test. At the end of this anthem that they're singing is the most hope-filled, joyous exclamation of angels, living creatures, and us, the elders, giving highest praises. Worthy is the Lamb. You see, they understand what's about to come. They understand what's about to be in lead. These seals are starting to get opened up. They understand, church, they're not scared. Hear me. Church, they're not scared. They're not afraid. They're not, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're giving highest praises to kind of almost like what we were doing this morning. We were starting to get in there a little bit. They're giving highest praises to God during this. This is not sad. This is, yes, victory. Amen. The angels don't sing the song of the redemption sung by the 24 elders in verse 9 and 10. They cannot sing that song, of the, the song of the redeemed. But they can join, and this is what you see, they can join in giving praise to the Lamb who still bears the marks of having been slain and declare with a mighty shout, He is worthy. They go on, and after that song of the redeemed, then it says, the myriads and the myriads and the thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb! who was slain to receive power. That's when everyone comes in. You say, he is worthy. I want to close in this. What do they declare? Now, the book of Revelation is so cool. It is, it is called the book of sevens. One of the names for it. That number seven is just so ridiculous in the book of Revelation. I would dare anyone to challenge you. I wonder how many sevens there are in the book of Revelation. Have fun. <laughs> You're going to be busy. Not just number sevens, like, like this in particular. Like this is, a, this is on a tee right now, so someone should be able to jack this ball all the way out of the park very easily. It is sitting perfectly for you. I wonder how many things are said in this song. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is a lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. wonder how many. So when I'm saying, go find how many sevens are in the book of Revelation, they're not all just sitting there as a number. And what's seven represent? Completion, fulfillment, fullness. So the first one, he says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power. What kind of power? All power, mighty power. He had power on the earth to do miracles. Think about this. This is, this, is, this is after. This is something different. He had power on the earth to do miracles, cast out demons, and raise the dead. Look at how awesome our God is. Look how awesome Jesus was. This has always struck me. But he never used his power to make things easier for himself. Can you imagine? You have that power. And... At any moment, and Satan was tempting him. Just turn, say to those stones, be bread. You're starving. You haven't ate for 40 days. Tempting him to get him to use his power for himself. That's selfishness. That's what Satan would do. He never did it. But he used his power to raise the dead. He used his power to cleanse the lepers. He used his power to, to touch those who were weak and broken. He never used his power to make things easier for himself. 
And after his resurrection, he declared, all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Number two, it says he's worthy to receive riches. The wealth of the universe is his by right. So what is he saying? Because there's something coming. He is coming and he's redeeming the earth. He is purchasing everything, all of it, the whole system. That means there is some authority. Satan's been given authority. But, but his, his lease is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. The wealth of the universe is by right his. Why? Well, first, because he's the one who created it. Right? And second, because he's redeeming it. He's paid the price of redemption. The third thing he goes on, it says he's worthy to receive wisdom. His wisdom is the wisdom of God. He himself is the embodiment of God's wisdom. That's what 1 Corinthians 1.24 says. He's, re- he's worthy to receive wisdom. It's all his. Number four says he's worthy to receive strength. Not just physical strength, but strength and might as the power of truth and as an attribute of God. That is one of his attributes. It's who he is. One of the names of the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us into all truth. Amen? What an awesome God. The next one is he's worthy to receive honor. That's the reverence and respect due him for all he is and all he has accomplished. Church, that's an area I believe we we can never stop growing in. Our reverence and honor for God. That's what should really set us apart from a lot of other people on this earth. That there's a reverence and an honor. We speak a little differently. We talk a little differently. When we talk about God, there's an awe. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, how did he start it? Our Father, which are hallowed be your name. That's, that's drawing attention to honor and reverence. He's worthy to receive all honor and reverence. And you know what's funny is what we read is he does. It says all the things above the earth, all three realms, above the earth, the earth, and below, all say Blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. He's worthy all of it. He is worthy to receive glory. (laughs) All the brightness, splendor, and radiance of God who dwells in the light and is light. He is glowing. Every time you see it, he is glowing with the glory. It is. Remember Moses came in contact with the father on the mountain? And he came back down the mountain and he glowed. And they were like, the glory is too bright, Moses. Would you put a veil around yourself? Like, don't come any closer. Which, that's an option. Every time John sees, it's this full and glory, just light exploding. the great full radiance of God who dwells in light and is light. He left behind that glory. Can you imagine? He left it emptying himself of it when he came to the earth, born in a manger. He prayed in John 17, 5, Father, glorify me with thyself, with the glory I had with thee before the world was. He now has that glory and will return in that glory. Dude, like, that just messes me up. It's going to be very obvious who he is. There's going to be one shining, glowing. You know, when we're, when we're in, finally in heaven and in this new place, there is no sun, there is no moon. 
The glory of God is what lights the whole place. There's no darkness at all. And there's no darkness in him. The last one is he is worthy to receive blessing. The first meaning of this word in the Greek is praise. He's worthy of our praise. That's why we do that every time we gather. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it even when you don't feel like it, church. You need, you need to get this. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you're like bummed, even when it hasn't been real spiffy and special, he's still worthy of that honor and that praise. This is the meaning when believers bless the Lord. They speak good words of thanks and praise for all he is and for all he has done and for all he has given and for all he has promised. He is worthy. He is worthy. So he's worthy. All the myriads and thousands and thousands of angels and elders Everything in heaven is singing, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. It says, in every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and in the sea, all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, amen, and the elders so you can hear just at each one of these, they're saying, amen, blessing, amen, and honor, amen, and glory, amen, and power, amen, and praise, amen. And us, the us, the we, we just fall, we just, we just fall on our face just before them and just say, amen, worthy, God, you're worthy. We're going to have a completely different, like what we're starting to understand when we are in that place and that we are going to understand even more. And we're going to be like, amen, and so excited about what's to go down. Why don't you stand with me? So we finished chapter five. Praise the Lord. We're going to come into chapter six, which is super awesome. Um, we're probably going to be looking at um, Luke 21, Matthew 24, as we go into, Matthew, as we go into um, Revelation chapter six. So if some of you have had some questions, hopefully I'll bring a sufficient answer. And if you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. I'm still going to love you. We're still going to, um, we'll still, we'll still, we'll, we'll still go to heaven together at the same time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you want us to have peace. Lord, even, even when we don't have it, we have access to it through you. Because you said, I have overcome the world. And because I've overcome the world, my peace, I leave with you. So, Lord, we receive your peace. I pray, Lord, that, that as um, Tracy was stating, Lord, we see the stuff going on. And it's challenging and frustrating. And our heart is breaking um, at one side and it wants to get frustrated in the other. God, we know that you're in control, that you have a plan and you're faithful and true. Lord, you told us that in this world we'd have trouble. But Lord, in you, we have peace and victory. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we, we just lift up our brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, who are suffering persecution today. Lord, I pray that you give them a zeal and a strength like never before. Lord, I ask for a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, if there's ever a time and, a, and an age and a day that we need that baptism in the Spirit, it is today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just would begin to remove the scales from eyes, um, soften hearts who don't believe in that, or for some reason have been told that it's witchcraft or it's wrong, Lord, whatever the case is, and that I pray, God, that you just begin to um, shake those things that aren't true and they just fall by the wayside. And Lord, and even, even those who are in the service today, Lord, if, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Come and ask me and talk about it, and we would love to pray with you to receive that. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus, we thank you that you're our baptizer. We thank you that John foretold us, said that I baptize with water, but one is coming who will baptize with fire. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it is still relevant for today.
that there was not an end date on it. We thank you that, that it was prophesied even by Joel that in the last days you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. We thank you, Lord. And we know we're in those last days. So, Lord, pour out your spirit. Pour it out, Lord, without measure. Lord, we want it. We want everything you, that you have for us. Lord, give us a good opportunity, Lord, and the purpose is to be, be bold witnesses, to be empowered to witness. Lord, if there's ever a time that we need to be empowered to witness, it is today. So, Lord, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come like a rushing mighty wind. Come like fire and fall down on your people. Lord, those who are going in their prayer closets, those who are going alone, to get, Lord, fall on them. Lord, fill them. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, you are dismissed. If, if you have any questions concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit or would you like to be prayed for, I would love to introduce you. Amen.